0: From the campus of the Southern California University of Health Sciences, welcome DNA Dan, a podcast on genetics, genomics, and the future of genomic medicine. Our host, Professor Dan Handley, will immerse you in the fascinating world of DNA and genomic medicine. This podcast is for informational purposes only and is not intended as medical advice.
1: Hi, this is Dr. Dan Handley, professor of genetics and genomics at Southern California University of Health Sciences. Welcome again to this podcast where we discuss all things DNA. I mentioned in the previous episode that Rosalind Franklin played a pivotal role in the discovery of the structure of DNA, yet she remains a controversial and enigmatic figure among scholars. Franklin was born in 1920 and grew up in England. During World War II, she attended the University of Cambridge, where she earned her bachelor's, master's, and ultimately, her doctorate in 1945. As a physical chemist, her doctoral dissertation was based on her studies of the porosity of coal, which had wartime significance because it helped predict the performance of coal as a fuel, as well as suitability for carbon filters for use in gas masks. After the war, she went to Paris for a position as a research associate to continue her studies on the molecular structure of carbon. There she met an X-ray crystallographer who taught her the techniques involved to study the structure of molecules using X-ray diffraction. In 1950, she gained a position in London at King's College and was assigned to a laboratory where Maurice Wilkins and his graduate student, Raymond Gosling, were using X-ray crystallography to study the structure of DNA. As accounts of the time portray, Wilkins and Franklin did not get along very well. However, Franklin refined the x-ray crystallography equipment and techniques Wilkins and Gosling had been using. Although Franklin supervised the experiments, it was actually Gosling who took the famed photo 51 Watson and Crick had used to help determine the structure of DNA. Franklin went on to pursue research at Burbeck College in London. There she studied RNA in the form of RNA viruses, such as the tobacco mosaic virus and poliovirus. In 1956, she began to experience health problems. After seeking medical attention, she was found to have two cancerous tumors in her abdomen. Her diagnosis was ovarian cancer. She continued to work whenever she could, but eventually died of complications of her illness in April 1958 she was only 37 years old. In 1962, Watson, Crick, and Wilkins were awarded the Nobel Prize for determining the structure of DNA. Although Crick, and likely others, felt that Franklin should have been included, the Nobel Prize policy was that awards could only be given to those still alive and not awarded posthumously. Gosling was not nominated nor included as well. About ten years after Watson and Crick's initial publication of the proposed structure of DNA, he published his account of the discovery in the book he named The Double Helix. In early versions of the book, he praised Franklin for her scientific acumen, but criticized her as being difficult to work with and uncaring about her appearance. It revealed much about the manner in which women scientists were often perceived and treated. In later editions, Watson tried to redeem himself by admitting that he was too harsh on Dr. Franklin, and that he wished she could have shared the Nobel Prize for her contribution to the discovery of the structure of DNA. Over the years, many different accounts of Franklin's professional and personal life had been written. Certainly, sexism in the sciences was commonplace. Franklin seemed to have few, if any, close relationships, and apparently alienated a number of male scientists. On the other hand, she seemed to have had very congenial professional relationships with Francis Crick and others. There seems to be a consensus, however, that Franklin was a no-nonsense person, deeply committed to her scientific work, with extraordinary intelligence and ability to focus. If some of her contemporaries interpreted that as being non-social or anti-social, that interpretation is left to the beholder. In stark contrast, others who knew her perceived her as amiable and personable. Over the past few decades, Franklin has been the subject of both scholarly and popular works. Books, film, TV, and plays have been written about her in her honor and in an effort to help right past wrongs. In the U.S., PBS aired two different documentaries about her, two different stage plays. Rosalind, A Question of Life, and Photograph 51 were written and produced about her life. I will provide a bibliography of these works to accompany this podcast, and hope you follow up to learn more about Dr. Franklin. Among scholarly circles, Dr. Franklin remains an enigmatic figure in the subject of much controversy. What is not under debate is that she made enormous contributions to science, and she was taken from us much too soon.
0: This has been a production of the Southern California University of Health Sciences, copyright 2021, all rights reserved. The opinions stated here are solely those of the guests and do not necessarily represent the opinions of Southern California University of Health Sciences.